The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Tuesday. June 27th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome Gay Adult Industry Veteran, 2023 Grabby Awards Wall of Fame recipient, and entrepreneur, Tony Orion. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you so much, Patty. I'm so excited to be here today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to come and have a chat. I'm ready to share some Things that have been happening lately with me, it's all exciting. Fantastic. It is great to have you on. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to, well, I'll say it like this. I'm so glad that you were interested in being interviewed. And uh, I'm really excited to just pick your brain on so much stuff. Uh, I know that you, as you just mentioned, you have a lot of projects that are currently in the works that I'm really interested in um, allowing your fans and supporters to get to know a whole lot more about. So uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, typically, I like to start off these one-on-one interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So let's start off with that. What's your height and weight? I am 5'8 and one. 91 pounds. What's your ethnic background? I am fully raised Brazilian uh, from the northeast, small town like Puerto Rico called Maceió, and I moved into the U.S. when I was 25, so full Latino Brazilian. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Virgo. And how old are you? I'm currently 36 years old. Let's get to know a bit about the man behind the performer. So, I usually ask where you're originally from, but you just told me. So, you're from Brazil. Tell me a little bit about what life was like growing up in Brazil. Yeah, it's definitely a completely different life. I say to my people that, my friends and close ones, that I'm one person in Portuguese and another one in English. Just because I was really from a small town, Christian kid, from a Catholic family, very strong religious, to be in church every Sunday, to be in sabbatical classes on Saturdays. I went also to a Catholic school. So I, from kindergarten all the way to high school, I was under nuns and under church uh, education. So everything was completely different and restricted growing up. Um, in Brazil. I never had a girlfriend. I was always deep in my saving, not saving myself, but I was keeping myself from thinking bad things about being gay or anything related to it by focusing on church and school. So until I turned 18, when I went to college and had my first actually experience in being around, surrounded by other queer people, I realized that there was a world out of my world that 
that was possible. And I think just naturally being seeing the freedom of other people being themselves, it slowly gave me the ability to understand that there was a space for me as well. Um, and after I turned 18, I, this, I kissed a guy for the first time. I just had this fireworks in my heart, and I knew that thing was right. That's what I was supposed to do. And I came out. So I went to my family and with my parents. I went ahead and always been out. They always raised to be honest because we are all son of God, and we had to always speak the truth. So by speaking my truth, I went and told them about uh, my sexuality, and it was not the truth that they wanted to hear. And for a while, it was really difficult, like as any queer kid that come up, their parents back, you know, 2000s, early 2000s, still not like right now, uh, but we adapted later on. So that took me to become independent, move from my hometown to Sao Paulo, which is like New York, a big, the major capital. And from there, that's how I immigrated here to the U.S. Wow, that's quite the journey. Good grief. <laughs> no, quite the journey just emotionally for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. I never, everything that I did was always uh, through literally passion. Um, I was fluent in English uh, when I was 14 years old. I started studying English very early. And I think it always led me to be here starting from that moment when I was always being passionate about anything with the language, American music, British music, and everything was just magnetic. It was just so magnetically somehow bringing me this way. So I had to go through, you know, like any other immigrants, before I leave their country, I have to really do go through very difficult situations and face different adversities in order to really achieve my American dream. When did you first start realizing your attraction to men? When did you realize you were different? I did realize when, I think when I was maybe around my 12, 13 years old, um, I had cousins, and in Brazil, everyone is very naturally sex positive without realizing that we are. I say to people that when Europe immigrated, got in Brazil, they found all these Native Americans naked, tanned, right, in the, in the forest and everywhere. So we were already naked from the beginning, and we already been like that. And I had such freedom to get sh take showers with my, my cousins when I was little, and I feel the attraction was, like, building up, brewing. And from that moment on, I knew that was deep inside me because I would get hard thinking about it. I would get aroused, and it was just undeniable. But as you mentioned, you didn't—you never started exploring until no. university no. life. Because, I mean, it's in, what's interesting about Brazil— I mean, what's interesting, I would say, just about, like, Latin America, period. You know, we are very sexual. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we enjoy, like, innuendo and double entendres. We enjoy, you know, pervy jokes. We enjoy, you know, the freedom of musical expression and dancing uh, provocatively and that sort of thing. But when it comes to 
some sex norms, like it, the conservatism, the Catholicism just leaps out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I think for me, just Brazil itself is such a religious country. Everything, even politics, are very influenced by religion. And from where I from myself, it's kind of like, you know, Puerto Rico in the U.S. is like by the island. is very macho. I personally, I was the only son. I don't have a sibling. It's an older sister. My father, he was very like that type of macho. He had, you know, several female partners. And I kind of had that pressure in my head of like, oh, I have to follow his steps. And also the other side of my family was the religion. I had my, my grandma was the major um, matriarch in the church community. So I had to follow by the example. I could never think anything in a direction that goes to homosexuality or being gay or anything that fought against church rules that would make me a bad kid. And I had, I think as a natural Virgo, I always have this inner perfectionism in trying to follow the rules even though they were not making me happy. And it took me a long time, like, like even, I, I remember for one year between my teenage times, I spent, stayed one entire year without masturbating. Because if that time I could spend that one year and make have all these thoughts go away, I would commit with that, and I celebrated for I, I was celebrated for one year, and that was really hard. But that's how deep I went back in the day. It's the Catholic guilt, man. Yes, that's that, that's a bitch. But you know, I think one of the big things after I moved here, it was really finding this freedom because the moment that I moved in here and I saw you know people talking about. Uh, their HIV status freely, about how the things they liked more openly, how the type of sex were more free, even kinky, you know, community. My first year moving to the U.S., I moved to Chicago. I Three months later, I was working at the International Mr. Leather, which is one of the most global kinky events, gay events in, in the world. And for me to be exposed to something so raw, so, like, hot at the same time, I, right away, it was, like, everything that I needed that I didn't know I needed, <laughs> being a Brazilian person, having this sex, like, you know, core, uh, sex energy in our core by nature, I said, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I've been, one of the things I've been looking for. And it took me leaving that place where I, you know, thought that I should, should be or was born to be to find a new world where I could actually fully embrace this sexual energy, this sex positivity, positivity to be my fully self. I love that. I'm glad that you finally fully achieved that. So, I mean, that was a big moment for you, you know, feeling the acceptance, feeling the love, feeling that, you know, who you are is who you are. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's like, explore, it, it's, now, where I am today, and I'll share with you, is about on how this journey is started. I know that I am in a journey right now. I have this fully like self-realization, and coming here was the first step. And building that personality when I started joining porn without even 
really thinking about it. It just came to me naturally, and I said, oh, this is something that I can do. It goes back to having this sexual nature, right? And I said, okay, I can sell sex, and it's just how it's visually, I can put it out there, how I can express with, uh, you know, shooting a movie or shooting with a jockstrap uh, company or anything that was related to feeling, you know, making sex positive, I was already doing at the beginning when I was first allowed to do all of this. Before we start heading in that direction, I do want to ask just a quick follow-up question about you moving to the United States. Was there a little bit of a culture shock for you when you moved? Not really. Okay. I, I, to answer your question, like, I tell people I was born in the wrong place <laughs> because uh, before I really moved here, I was working for uh, an American uh, airline, and I was coming to visit already very often. Uh, the first opportunity to visit came after I got this job back in Brazil, and it was really like really part of the dream path. I always wanted to come here. Before getting this job, I would never be able to afford it because the life quality would not allow me. And as soon as I had this job, showed up, I did an interview, I got the job, and my first week training was coming to the U.S. for two weeks to stay in Dallas Fort Worth and learn the company just systems and things like that. And that was very assuring. Now I understand more that I was supposed to be coming, right? This is part of my dream path. And until I start visiting more, going to different places, I, the, cultural, the culture was already I was absorbing it slowly. And the more I came to visit, the more it felt right to be here. By the time I visit, by the time I moved, I said, this is my, this is my home. Everyone tells me these days, even Brazilian friends, they're like, Wellington, you are completely Americanized. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> you are completely, uh, Tony, you are completely Americanized because you don't even have an accent anymore, like a Brazilian accent. You are fully immersed. That's where you belong. They say, yes, that's where exactly I should be. Let's talk about what was going on in your life prior to entering the adult industry. So that's my, in 2012, my first year here, um, I moved in and to be with a couple of my friends. They said, Tony, you can come stay with us for this period of time, and you figure out yourself what's your next time of your journey. So for that first year, I was literally, uh, uh, you know, getting figuring out how to live here by myself, just adapting. It's different when you come to visit than you really are living, and you know, learning the culture, being independent, and just anything related to being in the U.S. And I was just looking to get uh, my um, my, my uh, ability to work fixed so I could get a job, getting the industry that with the experience that I had previous from Brazil, really just trying to, you know, starting the American dream like everyone comes. It starts working, work your path, grow up, get your whatever you you are achieving to do, and like other immigrants too. But that one year it was just really for adapting because right on the second year my 2013, I 
met one of my ex-boyfriends that was already starting in the industry, and he actually, we were in a triple with another a, a partner. It was a daddy and a big dog, an alpha pup, and I was a better pup, which was like back at the beginning, those, those you know, troubles that we call these days polyamorous relationships were like starting to be more out there and we really embraced it. Both of them were somehow connected within the industry and from that connection with them, my life started heading to the entertainment industry. All right. So was it simple to get into the industry since you already had the connection through them, well, how, how exactly did you get into the business? So that was a, what I loved about this mind story in the industry is that I was not looking for it, right? So I it goes back to having this sexual nature that I know it was there, it was was hidden when I was growing up as a church uh, Christian kid, but I moved here. My, I, I personally, I am a very sexual person, and I like to, you know, explore intimacy in a very, uh, with a lot of depth, feeling emotions, sensations that are attached with the body sensations and just get really like why we feel that way in a way. And I knew this was always there. When I had to work with, um, when I went to my first uh, international Mr. Leather, I went with this uh, partner that was already shooting, and he was working for a small sex toy company just promoting uh, the products and videos. And I was not intending on doing porn. Um, he uh, took me to the company's booth the, in the same event, and as soon as I got there, the owner asked who was me, who I was, and he said, that's my uh, pup, that's my boyfriend. And the owner asked me, would you like to work with him in a project? And I did not think twice because I was so in love that I would do anything to my partner. I just wanted to make him happy. And I've been, I have been a nature no pleasing, pleaser uh, kind of partner. And I went without thinking fearlessly. So they booked both of us. We went to this uh, Atlanta, the location. Uh, that was my first really experience having the, you know, uh, porn star uh, experience of having, you know, booked to all these privileges of getting a hotel, getting a flight, getting paid, and just for being yourself, being like your full sexual nature person. Um, we finished this, this project. I came back to Chicago, and after a couple of two weeks when this video came out, I received uh, immediate requests from Falcon, Titan Man, and Raging Stallion to go and ask if I wanted to work with them. So now I understand this, how much it is, like, you know, uh, is valuable, those in invitations, because back in the day, I just thought, oh, you know, they, my partners tried to tell me, this is big, this is huge. You, are, you have something that they really wanted, it's the differential, what makes you stand out and somehow. But even though I didn't have so much sexual history recorded just based on that one video, they really were invested to work with me. And I got this, I accepted. And my first week shooting was before Falson 
my first Folsom Street Fair, I shot three videos, but three of them kinky videos, a pub play in full gear, a water sports in latex, latex gear, and a studio uh, just sports scene with another performer. Right before Folsom, I went straight into kink without having any kink experiences. I love how you're just open up for the experiences. Like, that's incredible. That is incredible, Tony. Okay, so in total, how long have you been in the adult industry? Since 2013, so now 10 years. Wow. 10 years? Congratulations. <laughs> that is a milestone. It is. And I went through many phases in the industry. So, like, lately I'm so uh, self-rewarded with the you know, positive outcomes and the experiences I got from the beginning of it, which is also leads to this award that I received it because it really confirmed that, you know, you are in the right path. You should keep pursuing it. I could not agree more. So prior to you making the connection, making the romantic connection, you know, getting involved in a throuple and all that kind of stuff, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to do, something that you wanted to try? Absolutely not. You know, I still had the somehow the church-rooted uh, guilt in my head. I mean, being naked on the, on the screen for thousands and thousands of people, like just the entire world basically, because as soon as you go to the Internet, it's, that's it. It was not really in my head, not at all. I would never have pursued that uh, myself looking for it if I didn't have really a motivation to do it like I did. I know that you went into it just a little bit, but I want to get more into your mindset having that first experience at a porn shoot. What was that like for you? What was what was your experience, what, like what was going on in your mind that very first time that you had sex on camera at a porn shoot? So, because the first experience that I had was with someone that I was involved with emotionally, I did not have any type of restriction, like mentally or like any type of fear or feel self-conscious, or really not, you know, slightly concerned the outcome of how I was looking in the camera, because I already understood that the sex that I had with my partner was really good. So I knew that the emotional connection, the chemistry that I had with partners that I really like engage in a long-term relationship, they were very full of, you know, emotions and pleasure. And doing that with him just opened up to be super comfortable right away. However, this was like a small project for a sex toy company. When I was, was flown to California, to San Francisco by myself, to really go into a porn studio, which was a Titan Man, and they put me in a latex sing a singlet to do a water sports with you know, a very super hot guy, uh, Lester Romero, and just embrace the moment. I never had fear of being kinky in a way that, you know, I, I was 
let's say, consensually kinky. And because there was, of course, that was not the first time someone peed on me because I was uh, getting to it, like, you know, in my personal life. But deeply explore, like, a uh, guided kinky moment, it was kind of, like, very exciting because the moment that I went to it, like, I went, exposed myself with my ex-boyfriend now back in the day the time that i went to the studio i didn't have this fear anymore because like i said you're just you already did the first step now it's really getting to the next level and i was really appreciating the fact that you know i was having the glamour or little glamour life of being um featured in a way that i was not only showing my abilities to, you know, have sex in kink and all the types of production they did, but I also really exploring my self-sexuality and the things I liked to do in bed. The, all the kinks that I did, I did fearlessly. I never said no because I knew that there is guidance when you work with professional studios that they would help me to get to the moment shooting the video, shooting the uh, beside behind the cameras. So when I was moment to the moment to go, I would just say yes. I would get to the studio. They would explain how it worked, and I would just put my best sexual energy into it. And the fear, not the fear, the 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 you know the secondary thought that I think a lot of guys go at the beginning, like how they're going to look on the film, I never had this because I was pretty confident somehow uh, in just performing. I just really wanted to act. Was there ever any of that Catholic guilt bubbling up in the very beginning in regards to, oh no, people are going to see this? Or were you, because of your sex positivity, because of your sort of like natural sexual nature you know is that not even a, a thought in your mind no so you know I, because i i think i always worried about how people in brazil would think about it right of course that's where all this guilt comes from because the religion is all there but the, because i was here that actually was very little it was there of course like in, in the back of my head but because i didn't have to prove anything to anyone over there anymore. Before I actually, before I started shooting the movies, I went to my mother and, and I said, look, I'm going to do some movies and it's going to be naked and I'm going to be, you know, showing my bits and, and tits. And she did not understood back at the beginning until like, you know, maybe a month later, the, all the movies went online. They, they, were from, they went from DVD to streaming. And, of course, when she got to Brazil, got to my hometown, got to someone that I knew, and someone said, showed my mother. And she was shocked at first, at the beginning, but I, that moment was so, actually, uh, great as well, the moment, even though the shock of, oh, no, this is happening, but at the same time, I'm like, this is what I'm doing, this is my way of living, and I'm loving this. And unfortunately, that's what I have. I, not unfortunately. Fortunately, I moved here to do anything that makes me happy and to be free. And to be honest, you know, with short time, she, anyone that knew it back in the day, there was part of that, you know, guilty environment, the clear environment, they all accepted it. 
because it all goes to becoming like a positive uh, effect in someone's life. Like it was actually not creating harm for me personally, mentally, emotionally, physically, was actually making me embrace the sexual energy so much that naturally makes gives you this uh, glow, this positive, um, you know, outcome life about yourself. And I, I think, you know, as all parents, they mostly think, as long as my child is happy, they found a way to adapt, even though they have all this religious mindset, that I was happy being myself. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? These days, what I love is creating the story. Like, you know, I've been, I'm telling you, don't, I've done all types of kinks in this past 10 years. The most weirdest of the weirdest that you can possibly imagine, in a weird way, but like super deep kinky in a way. And it was every time I showed up to set the set, before I showed up to the set, I would be text the director and say, okay, what's the storyline? And he would give me a little bit of well, you know, what to expect and creating the character, creating the moment from the moment I got that information was the most exciting part. Get to the studio and, you know, make that happen. Because there was always something new. And, and sometimes when I had to do something that I've done before, I would optimize, I would improve the past scene because I knew kind of what to do. But when it was something new, it's the exciting or bringing that character, that kink, that sexual energy to life. How has your performance style, how have you as a performer evolved in the 10 years that you've been in the industry? Oh my God. It's so, it's so, it's so transformative in a way that the confidence that you build with yourself, you know, knowing not only professionally shooting, but in your personal life too. Because for me, the, all the experiences of being exposed to all the kinks, all types of sex, made me also realize what kind of sex pleases me, right? What makes me feel, what makes me come hard, what makes me hit my spot, what makes me want to top someone. That It's rare, but there are moments that I, you know, I rage it, I want to do it. It's all about the chemistry, what I see on the other person. All this time shooting porn gives me the experience of this empathic, feeling of looking to a guy and know how to please him, for example. Looking to a guy and just by his body language, give, get this, okay, I can, you know, take over and he will submit. Or I know that if I have to talk to this guy, I have to maybe talk to him 15 minutes and give this empathic calmness to feel comfortable with me knowing that I'm not going to be like, a super aggressive someone that is just normally happens in the industry. I put a lot of emotion in everything that I do shooting. There is the emotional aspect in it. All my years um, doing this, the sexual energy that I put in it always uh, comes out in the, the, the film because I create the chemistry. Rare were the times that I shot with someone that I, you can't see the chemistry because I always had this, you know, way to find a way to connect with the other person. doesn't matter how tough or nervous or they were. And 
I was able to, for the past ten years, I was able to really deepen this emotion and just grow with it, mature, right? Immature until like literally this past Friday, I'm doing my OnlyFans actively, and I went to shoot with someone for the first time, and they knew, you know, my path in the industry, and they were very nervous. They were very, uh, you know, like, oh, you've been doing this forever, and I just don't know if, you know, I and I had to just sit down with him and just have a natural conversation, think, or just ask him about what turned him on and why those things turned him on and the specific feelings, that, all the things that really made someone feel, you know, cared. Well, you know, oh, this guy cares about me. And it took me years, you know, uh, uh, optimizing that way. It's one of the skills that you got in the industry to make someone feel good and comfortable about shooting with you. The more comfortable they are, the more chemistry you see in the outcome of the scene. I could not agree more. And we can feel that, you know, through the screen as we're watching it. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on a porn shoot, on a porn set. When you're on set doing a shoot, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Um, well, I think what turns me on, I mean, very simple. Like, generally speaking, what turns me on mostly is when the other performer is really engaged with the scene. Like, I do my first part in in connecting, like I said, you know, I meet the person, I find a way to create that emotional connection, um, which also lately I came out as demisexual exactly because the turn on is, I, I'm turned on by creating this emotional empathy with the person before the scene. The turn off is the opposite. If someone, some guys, you know, they want to shoot, they want to film, but they uh, purposely do not want to create an emotional connection, connection and makes the sex very, very extremely mechanical. And because of that, you see on the outcome of the scene that because there was such a resistance in creating emotional connection, the, the, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look pleasure, pleasure, pleasurable at the moment. So turning on is definitely connecting and turning off it's really like when someone is not willing to really commit and is just creating this cold character that is there to fuck and leave. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? My style of fucking, and that's how I style to everyone, uh, if you want to fuck me, it's going to be a making love experience. I am full Brazilian, emotional, affectionate, you know, I want to, to I want to show you how every part of your body it can be pleased if they touch you are touched the right way. And a lot of guys and he surprises me and I do say this proudly, uh, that they do not have like, you know, experiences that find someone that can please them because some guys they are such in a submissive mindset their entire lives that they are just, you know, uh, their roles are simply serving or pleasing, and they have no right to feel pleasure. So for me, to meet someone that always have been that person and me going and giving them this amount of making love, it's just for that moment, you know, it's, the, it's not, for me, making love, you don't need to be in love with the person. It's really just 
play, making that person feel all that's possible emotionally, even if you're just hooking up for that moment in the best way possible. And that's my, my way to do it. Every time that I do it, so with a lot of emotion and affection that it's a love-making experience. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving oral? Giving, definitely. In a scene, in regards to rimming, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving? Giving. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform, and is it the same position that you enjoy off-camera? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, missionary, with the any partner, it's a very connecting type of position for me, just because, you know, I, I know my body this, at this point, and finding the right angle to have, you know, be pounded and getting that spot hit, for me, it's very my own skill. And eye contact, making out, all the factors that, you know, looking into the eye, being face-to-face -face while getting fucked, it just makes the experience, the emotional emotion even stronger, like building up to an orgasm to come from that eye contact is major for me. So that's missionary. And of course, we know how a scene ends with the cum shot. In a scene, where do you enjoy taking the load and where do you enjoy shooting your load? I love taking the load deep inside my guts. That's how it should be. But unfortunately, we need to show the thumb shot sometimes. So that's more in real life. But uh, we definitely do bareback. I try to, I always ask them to wait until the last minute so I can do it. And that week coming, uh, I like to come all over me, whether I'm riding or whether I'm being found a missionary or my source. It's really, I love coming, feeling the prostate stimulation after, you know, someone orgasms, someone comes inside me, someone breathes me, I burst immediately because the, the intimacy, the sensation that that creates is so uh, overwhelming in a positive way that I just shoot all over myself. Let's talk about your sexual role as a performer. For the most part, you have been a bottom in the scenes that you've done. I mean, I don't know what the math is. I don't know if you know the math, but I would say maybe like 90% or maybe over a little over 90% you have been a bottom in your scenes. Now, you have topped uh, a few times, and you did reference uh, previously in, in a previous answer in regards to, you know, sometimes, you know, if the chemistry's there, you know, you may really want to top somebody and that sort of thing. How would you see your role in the industry as far as top, bottom, verse, what do you see yourself, power, verse, how would you classify your sexual role as a performer? And does it mirror your sexual role in your personal life? Um, yes, I think everything that I do sexually is very genuinely. So I am, you know, I, I, I always tell I'm a professional bottom, so it's easy for me to... Like, when I look to someone that I'm really attracted to, the first thing that I picture them is pounding me really hard. So I pick my partners with that instinct already, with that nature, right? So when it comes to porn, um, it's, it's always, I never choose mostly the partner because 
it's always predetermined by what the director wants to do creating that scene. But at the beginning, I really would be, you know, in the mindset of creating the connection, the chemistry, how I can feel dominant in my own core, in my core of, you know, like having to top someone, that person, and then create that emotion from it. Like I would, I, in a, I guess in an animalistic way, instinctive way, I would create this, uh, this dominant confidence that would, uh, you know, pass to the person that I'm shooting with where they would submit and they let me go. They let go so I can, like, fuck them and then get to the chemistry of being a dominant, being a dominant while the person being a sub. And with time, that just becomes more and more naturally to the point that in my personal life, when I had occasions that I was, I looked at someone and I was like, wow, I want to fuck the come out of them. You know, it did not come like, oh, I want to submit to this person. And I was like, no, I really want to fuck this person. And that was very instinctive. That very came naturally because I think porn pushed me to know that I can build this dominance naturally if I have to get there to the point when in real life when I was attracted to this guy, uh, this person, I just would come and really get into this dom and approach and just be very honest, and, you know, here's what I like you, get into a conversation, and at the end they understood I really wanted to fuck them. Even though my reputation would be being a power bottom in somehow in some of that way in the percentage, they would be like, okay, that's a very unique, you know, occasion. He wants to fuck me, and I would like to enjoy that. Now it's time for the big question, a question that the fans always seem to love to get to know the answer to. How much is Tony Orion packing? I'd say eight inches now. Uncut or cut? Uncut, yes. No, I'm uncut, full Brazilian, full foreskin. Uh, when I'm cut, when I'm hard, I look uncut, but when I'm uh, when I'm not hard, you can see that completely baby there, and that's a turn on for a lot of people here in North America. I didn't understand at the beginning, but now it's you know it's one of the I guess uh, upgrades of being Brazilian in here. We mentioned the cum shot earlier. We were discussing it. Do you do anything in particular when you have a scene coming up to make sure that the cum shot is good? Yes. So my tips are you uh, three days before, you drink electrolytes as much as you can in a healthy way. I use, um, these days I use um, pack, uh, electrolytes packs. I drink one a day. Uh, just to build, to stay hydrated as much as you can. Um, using a cock ring that is comfortable, not tight, a few hours before, and gives me that arousal here and there, which, you know, holds the blood flow, stimulates the penis to really go into an erection, but then I take it off. There's no uh, orgasm, and by day three, when I have this production of sperm right there, my balls ready to come out, I know that with the right stimulation and being hydrated, that's the key, will make me come, uh, uh, have, give me a good come shot. Because it's all about being hydrated. If you, the more hydrated you are, more 
come, we'll, we'll be out of here. Over the time that you have been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Who sort of jumps into your mind as like, wow, I did a really good scene with that person? Oh, this is going to create a lot of problems. <laughs> well, that's why I did not um, ask top ten, top five, top three. I'm giving you a little leeway. Okay. I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that I worked with, but most of the people that I shot that I already had, like, a history of uh, friendship or I was a fuck buddy before I shot and we end up, like, having a great scene. But I, remember, I think Dirk Kaber uh, is one of the great examples. We worked more than once, and there was always great chemistry. Um, I would say, oh, man, it's so many in my head right now. Um, so Dirk Kaber, uh, I did, I think, I, I think I'm more compelled to the favorite team. So I think Dirk Kaber was one of them. Um, Tommy Defendi was really fun to shoot with, with Adam Ramsey as well. That was a very memorable scene because I was in a uh, crazy person jacket. I forgot the name right now. The whole time. But they really made me feel comfortable when I was uncomfortable. It was a great scene. Um, and I think the one that I really enjoyed that was really good chemistry was Rocco Steele. Um, they, he was super gentle, super nice, even though he presents, you know, super rough daddy. It's like that, you know, very raging daddy, daddiness that he has. As a person, he was actually really nice and gentle. And the whole time we were shooting, he was very, real, like, relatable. So that was very unique because, you know, of course, that's one of the probably the biggest costs I took in this past 10 years. And besides that, you know, specific uh, memory, he was uh, connected with being a nice person that made me feel comfortable while every inch of that beast was going inside me. Well, every inch of that beast was going inside you. <laughs> I love the visual. <laughs> yes. Who have you not worked with yet that you would love to do a scene with? Who is on Tony Orion's wish list? Mm. So, someone that I have not worked with uh, is, um, his Twitter is Daddy. He's, we've been wanting to shoot many times, um, but he's a uh, ginger from L.A., uh, very big on OnlyFans. I think he's super mega sexy that I like to work with. Um, I think I would like to, I do really think that Bo Butler is a really, I met him in person and he got this, that I, I have my power bottom energy, but his is beyond and I really want to like pursue and fuck him. Um, there are a lot of guys right now in the industry uh, that I don't think the industry, the porn industry itself, uh, but mostly on the OnlyFans more range because that's so much more exposure right now than the studios that some of them navigate between OnlyFans like Bob Butler to, you know, porn on studio. And I think the, the top of my head, that's definitely um, one of them. 
Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any individuals in the business, whether they be in front of the camera as performers or behind the scenes, that inspire you with what you're trying to do in the business? So one of the, when I got the wall of fame at the Grammys this year, you know, I was really surprised, really, because I didn't understand at first the meaning of of that award. You know, you go to the Grammy Awards, there's always the best director, the best, uh, you know, orgy scene, the best film. And the wall of fame was something that I was not familiarized with. And when I got received the award and I asked one of the, you know, trailblazers in the industry what that meant, and he explained it, that this is, a, you know, recognition for your work in the industry and you are recognized by all the peers that are high that have been like you in the industry for achieving that level of, of success and recognition, doing things that was just beyond doing part. You you grow within the industry, you adapt, you continue your mission of your special skill. And these people, uh, they are not actually performers, they are directors, they are behind the scenes. There are people that at the beginning they came to me and said, you know, this is your even though you don't see it yet this is your potential. You're going to get very far if you continue being yourself, if you stay in this journey. Uh, great advice that didn't go this way, go this way. And, you know, people that really had my back that are directors. I think uh, Chichi LaRue is a director. I love her. But it's always people, Chichi LaRue, uh, I'd say Gio Caruso from Pride Studios, which is a studio that I still work very often, quite often in Fort Lauderdale, those are major, you know, behind-the-scenes directors that have been worked with several types of performers, but they kind of stick around to say, you know, you're doing right, that positive feedback. So these people that kept me in this journey to be where I am today, those are the people that I admire the most. I'm just now realizing, because we got into some deep conversations at the beginning, that I completely forgot to ask you, where did the name Tony Orion come from? How did you come up with your performer <laughs> name? So, to be honest, I, I, I probably would have picked a very bad name because I did, had no idea the creation. But the trouble that I was in, uh, my, my real name uh, ends with Tone, so... I, my dad is my, one of my boyfriend that's Tony, it is a catch name because there have been other Tonys in the industry that were, you know, part of the first name initiation. And the Orion was really a symbol of love that my partner told me Orion is one of the most beautiful constellations in the sky and I think you are just like that. And I thought that was really cute back in the day. I just, I took it and it worked actually because it was not really sexually related, was like not macho related, was really something that was not really porn related at all. But it, it, I didn't face any like, you know, hard times like not accepting it. I accepted right away. What I want to do now is shift the tone of the interview just a little bit and talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And the first question that I have in this set 
is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? I think that, you know, a lot of people think that porn stars are sex machines, that all they do is fuck, that all they do in their nature, they are, like, you are built to be a porn star, your role in life is literally just fuck, and, you know, out of the studio, you go back to real life and you meet fans. Um, of course, naturally, the first approach that people have with you is sexual. It's like, you know, I, I like that you get fucked. Oh, hey, how are you? Or things like that, that in the end of the day, we love, I think we love performing. We have this sexual skill that, you know, going in front of the camera, putting all inhibitions away and delivering that. But in the end of the day, there is always someone that has completely different likes and goals and skills as well that are doing other things in the meantime. And porn really is a skill. Porn, doing porn is like a, an ability that some has in a easier easier way to, to do it because it's like meeting the nature. And some people, they say a little, they will try, try until they're like, okay, now I know how to do this. And a lot of those guys, they are performing, they are, some of them, they are doctors, they're lawyers, they are professionals, they, you know, got great degrees before they do porn, and they do it before fun, because it could be something that is temporary, uh, it's something that's long-term, but it's really being like another extra that like job, a lot of profession that you, you develop with time, and if you're good at it, you come back, you get invited back, and you have the opportunity to feature that with different studios. And that's kind of like, for me, one of the main things I think these days. When I meet fans and people out there in different circumstances, they come and they, come, they start with the sexual uh, communication. I immediately convert that to a more friendly um, approach, and then go back to the sexual conversation after, just because my goal is always to tell people, like, hey, you know, I love getting fucked on camera. I love showing that to you. But here it's like, hey, how are you? I'm doing well. And yes, of course. And people get it. They're like, oh, you know, I've been aggressive right away. Let me treat this person more as a, you know, it's, this is the hot guy that I jerk off to, but he's actually nice. And it's mostly this misconception that I like to, just when people approach this way, it's like, hey, we are like this, you know, fuck machines, we do this because we have the ability to show off to talk to our friends. But it's more like there's a lot else in it. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? Um, not necessarily that I don't enjoy. I think that the industry can be a little um, difficult for people that are on the long term because some people, they do try to do porn for a long time, but one thing that it's, I don't say the negative factor in the industry, it's very recycling, right? You, you do porn, you start porn, you do so many movies, so many scenes that you hit your pick, and after that pick, there will be the new you. There will be a new performer with different, you know, looks, but will fill that role in the industry that you are not uh, so fit anymore because everything you put it out there. So it creates this, like, you know, uh, it's, it can be uh, 
a toll on mental health for some of those guys that go through this process if you don't really have a plan B after, but it's just part of the industry. It's how the industry is. You just really need to be really grounded uh, in understanding that, you know, when you shoot porn, it's a journey that it might end at some point, might be less longer than you expect, but you always need to have this plan B that the industry don't really prepare yourself to do it. You just need to know how to do yourself when the time comes. And it's the only negative part for me, but it's kind of personal. You know, it's an individual journey that all the time, personally, all the time that I was in my journey, when I hit the pick and I understood that there was more that I could do with this, you know, skill, this, this sex positivity, I pursued that part, but I never abandoned porn. I always tell people that I, I'm doing porn as, like, my I carry on Christmas special. It's once or twice a year because I have so many other products that the project that I do, I pursue, I, I go-go dance in major gay events around the U.S. I work as a, a sex-positive uh, ambassador or uh, influencer, you know, talking about PrEP in different cities, just creating awareness of anything related to sexuality or I really create content educating people about the pleasure of sex toys and how specific sex toys can be helpful in specific issues. So I was so much engaged in other things that came out of porn that some of these guys, they can create their own, but it's a, lot, it's a journey and they have to put the work as well, which the industry don't give them to. Like there's not a prerequisite to it. You just have to figure out yourself. I want to get your take on this, not necessarily like currently in the industry, but if you can sort of get back to to like your mind and experiences very early on in the industry, is there competition in the gay adult industry? I don't necessarily mean were you competing with people, but did you ever feel like performers were competing with you in regards to getting work and that sort of thing? Um, somehow, yes, I think the competition always will be there. There's no way, like, sim simple examples is like some of the, you know, the most engaging actors back in the day, they will be more present to the directors. They were going to be more, uh, they reach out, right? So the more visible you are in the casting uh, crew, the more chances you have to be filming. And other guys that did not have the same approach, they you know not have many opportunities to shoot as, as much. But for me, because I am, and that goes to shooting all types of porns, one of the things I heard most when I, my first week in the industry, uh, it's about being an exclusive, right? Oh, if you are an exclusive, you get all this work for a long time, you don't have to worry about it. And, but if you're an exclusive, you only can work with one specific studio. And I said, oh, that sounds comforting for me. That sounds comfortable. I don't have to worry about anything. But one of the directors came to me, one of those people that I looked up said, well, uh, Tony, you are a boy next door. You can do anything. You can do kink. You can do lovemaking. You can do fetish. You can do anything. So do not become an exclusive because you'll be able to do more things if you don't. So I never felt competition personally because I was always, and I took as much as work as I could 
I was always open to new things. So I think that being like that always had the opportunity for me to do things without feeling that I had to compete with someone. Um, I think that other guys that have a specific type, uh, like my my first ex-boyfriend, he had tattoos, he was tall, beard, uh, big, big dick, but there was so much that that specific type could do instead of someone like, because of my Brazilian nature, it's so many uh, ethnicities in one person that you kind of fit in different roles. Competition it is, it exists with guys that have a limited type of, you know, filming way or shoots to do. But for me, I saw from the outside. I never actually, I don't have a memory of facing it or like, oh, this guy, it's also Brazilian. He has all these features and that's kind of like my competition. No, I was very comfortable with it. As a performer of color in the adult industry, have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Not really. I think it all comes back to, and this is not just in porn. I realized in my personal life that for me, being um, even though I'm a person of color, I'm brown, and I come, I have sometimes people ask for me the Eastern or am. Uh, like a Mexican, or it's so many different types of possibilities that I never felt that someone put me in a specific race or, oh, he's black or he's Latino, he's Middle Eastern. There was always a sense of mystery, a mystery when someone would come and approach me and they're like, what are you? At the end of the day, that never created, this factor specifically never created a sense of feeling, you know, uh, put it down because no, nobody could ever place me in a specific place to compare me with. You referenced this in a previous answer, and so I want to get your take on this in a little bit more of an expanded form. What do you attribute your longevity to in the gay adult industry? You have been in the industry 10 years. You are celebrating 10 years in the industry this year. What do you attribute your longevity to? It's all the first is the actions that you do with everything you learn, right? I think first is how I I branched from just performing to uh, getting my my sexual wellness core ed- uh, education and expanding this within the industry for for my for fans for customers for the performers too like the come the come tip you know that I told that I shared with you it's something that I start sharing with other people and they're like oh this works well Tony I'm going I'm going to continue doing it so it's really the the growing and sharing experiences using these skills to educate people in other forms of pleasure as well Ex- always exposing the way I feel things in a most the most genuine way I'm always being myself in sharing my content and creating my content when I never actually follow like a specific norm. If I feel that something's going to look sexy or hot or cute or silly that my fans or people that follow me are going to be excited to see, they get it. You know, there I have people for, since the beginning, past 10 years, they, once in a while they pop on Twitter like, oh, I love that thing you know, that day, and I realized, oh, my God, this guy's around here, like, seven years already. It's really being genuine, um, and also 
treating everyone in the industry respectfully. Everyone that you work with, it's always the first impression that's going to count. Don't be a diva kind of thing and just be, you know, mindful of the way you work with all these studios. We will also keep the doors open too because not only in the industry itself, but it's in life generally. If you treat people right, they are going to treat you right back. So most like you know awkward shoot that I had when there was not chemistry, for example, as I mentioned, I would still look do my best to treat the other performer in a way that we could finish the shoot in a positive uh, view. And was very much being myself, you know, continuing creating a positive message. This positive reputation, staying present um, in the industry and doing your best to keep showing. I fully realize these days that I am like, you know, a, uh, I, I am a sexual being. I know that as the porn person that, you know, everyone thinks that you're just a sex machine. I love doing that. I love showing pleasure, ways of pleasure, but I also like the emotional factor that comes within pleasure and that's what I'm really building after the, the the front of the camera part, and it's with the help of this positive reputation, this positive work that I've been doing behind the scenes as well. Let's talk about romance and the industry. Let's talk about relationships and dating while being a porn performer. You've been in the industry for 10 years. I'm just curious, over the time that you've been in the industry, has it been difficult to date? while being in the industry? Is it easier to date a fellow performer? Is it easier to date outside of the industry? I want to get your take on dating while starring in porn scenes. Well, no, it's really difficult. <laughs> Just because I think like as any relationship, uh, I only had um, two relationships where I dated someone from the industry. And unfortunately, one of them was clearly being part of the industry factor because the competition is in there. And I, I guess it goes back to feeling the competition, not from other performers, but I did have uh, somehow my, uh, my, my first relationship broken because there was a competitiveness in it. The amount of work that I get is more than my partner, for example. And that kind of led to, unfortunately, ending things. And from that moment on, I, will, I really decided not to do my best to date anybody in the industry because that feeling would possibly come in the, in the middle, in between me and my partner in the relationship. And I don't, I mean, there are some couples that I see in the industry these days that they have been very solid together for a long time, still shooting, and working very well. So it is case by case, but the, the competition between the partners, it's a very big thing. And I, I guess I guess to go back to your first answer, I was thinking about the outside perspective with not me personally, with other performers, but when it comes to a relationship, there is the competitiveness. And it's the one tricky part of dating someone, another performer, um, it's you have to be very both, you know, grounded, being confident, being there on your skin to say, like, you know, I am supporting my 
my partner because he's doing amazing work and he's hot. He's there for me mentally and physically and continue the journey together. But if this stability is not there, it's really difficult to keep a relationship with someone in the, in the industry. Let's shift away from the series questions and let's talk now about your original content. Let's talk about your OnlyFans. What can the listeners and your fans expect to see from your original content? You know, I've been, I answered this question this week with someone because I love the, the, the fact that OnlyFans is being a source of income to so many kids because guys, they have, some people have a very natural ability in marketing. It's there. It's like on their core, they're born with it. And those kids, they are so driven by it that they are able to keep performing, shooting, and creating content over and over and over. And, but those specific uh, guys, they are not really looking to show the emotion, the chemistry. They really want to perform and show that moment with that guy where they have the chemistry, not so much, or there isn't chemistry there. There is or not. I, my content is really about chemistry. I really like, I have less content than normally a lot of OnlyFans performers will have because I will not shoot with someone that I don't feel chemistry with. If you know, if I know that I, I going to show in the camera that's going to be magical, sexual, connecting, that's what my fans can expect. It's real sex, real passion, real intimacy, real horniness, and they will see in my eyes, and they will see my same partner's eyes. I, I, I have some kinkiness. I love to do, like playing with myself, and now that I'm in the sex toy industry, I love exploring some of the products that are new, that are old, or people that are not familiarized with it. I, try, I use my products on OnlyFans so people can actually figure out, oh, there are other ways to do it. Tony's actually giving this you know, tip, and that's also the type of content. It's not just about the passionate part of the great sex with great passion, great chemistry, but also other ways to feel good, too. I love just um, my, my missionary with the sexual journey is making people feel confident on their skin. You know, it doesn't matter if you are gay, straight, queer, any gender identity. It's really about whether you have your penis or vagina, you can come, you can orgasm, you can feel pleasure. And it's the main thing that I like to put in my OnlyFans is the real, genuine feeling. I love that. I love that a lot. I love that your focus is on the chemistry because I feel like a lot of performers, they're sort of chasing the clout. You know, I need to work with this performer because they have a lot of fans. I need to work with this, this uh, performer because yeah. of, you know, all of the work that they're doing with this major studio. It's nice that you are you know, completely ignoring all of that, you're, you're blind to that, and you're just focusing on sort of like the raw connection. Correct. It's easy, easy for me to, like, resume that. For me, it's about the quality, not the quantity. Very true. I like the sound of that. How often do you release new content? How often do you update your OnlyFans? Now, my OnlyFans will have content weekly. Um, I have I have actually daily content, but like the prime content that you know people like to 
that will be like, oh wow, it's a scene with someone else, or it's a kink that he's trying, or things that um, it's always fresh and new. Definitely weekly. I de I have daily content, which is like you know generally updates that you see my boner, you see my new butt plug, you see things that I just feeling comfortable showing to people that always are behind their back, their minds, you know. I know that it's like, oh, what he would be doing if he would be doing this. Or sometimes I get off the gym and I will, before I hop in the shower, I take my jock strap and I, I smell my jock and I was like, oh, my balls smell so good. And that's the kind of thing that I put here and there because sometimes I know the fans will think about it and just putting it out there just, you know, makes their – fantasies coming through a little bit more, and that's the content you see there. What part of your body gets the most attention on social media? What part of your body gets the most attention from your supporters on your OnlyFans? I think, you know, so based on comments, I think a lot of equally my butt, my smile, and my, my, my cock. Just because I think for, because I'm naturally towards to be in bottom, I post a lot of my but pictures, you know, in different positions, and it, people like it. But the moment I, I post a picture of my cock raging hard or just jerking off or featuring it itself, like, super hard, people go crazy, too. But the, flirt, the flirtatiousness of looking at the camera and marking and just, like, really connecting with the fan doing that video when I'm doing all of that, it's always mentioned as well. So it's hard to put one thing, but it's really like, I don't know, it's, I, I think butt first, cock second, smile third. We've mentioned it a couple times, and you've discussed it a little bit in um, your answer earlier, but I want to give you a, a, a better chance to sort of expand upon it, because this was a big deal. You mm -hmm. won, you received, you were one of the uh, recipients of the 2023 Grabby Awards Wall of Fame. After being in the industry 10 years, celebrating this year your 10th anniversary in the industry, working with major studios, big, huge named performers, fantastic directors, what did that award mean to you? You know, that award meant a really lot for me in a way that the recognition of the, the meaning of that recognition made me really proud of the hard work that I've been putting in to get where I am today within the industry. And every step that I was taking in this past 10 years was really out of my gut feeling. You never know if you're doing things right and if you're doing things wrong. You only know if as soon as you do, you take that step and the outcome of it will be, you know, a positive outcome. But every step that I took, listening to my body, like feeling in my guts, projecting it, led to the moment that I got today. And within this past year, I had a very difficult year trying to um, manage a, a big brand that was part of a uh, it was part of a company that someone worked really hard to build, and I was able to spend the last three years learning the the business and you know getting the knowledge of what that meant 
And when this person unfortunately passed away, I was really given the legacy to keep this message going. And this award, when this, you know, this year I was actually embracing that idea of getting this knowledge. And I, my mission right now is get this knowledge, add to my 10 years experiences with all of this, and even optimize my journey creating this sex positive, the sexual wellness for everyone. And the award was really a close up when things were really hard and I was not sure, you know, the steps that I was taking, going with my guts, that I was doing the right thing. The award came in the right moment and say, here, you deserve this. You are doing this very right. Keep doing it because you are on the right path. I love that. Once again, congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much, Poppy. You're welcome. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Now, you just referenced a path, and uh, you, you lightly, lightly touched on it earlier in one of your answers, so I want to also expand upon this a little bit. You're currently working in the arena of fitness and sexual wellness. How did this aspect get added to your life journey? Personally, because I love living life, <laughs> and I'm very in touch with myself. You know, I, when I say to people, you hear from many ways, like, listen to your body, right? And a lot of people don't really pay attention to what that means, but that, for the past 10 years, was not something new. Always has been in, in my core, deep in my chest. And with, as I grow older, I just started doing my, just the things like my lab work for prep and understanding the results of it and how that was affecting my libido, how that was affecting my, my confidence, things that were really connected with mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual wellnesses, which is the four that I focus, which sexual wellness being under mental wellness it was what I wanted to focus mostly with my own holistic journey that I was applying growing in this past 10 years that led to, okay, everything that I've been doing in this different aspects of wellness, they actually led me to feel good with how I am today. And the sex positivity, the, the sexual wellness, it's literally under the mental wellness because it's when you feel pleasure for me when you come when you release that orgasm that is built up for from the entire week of stress of work stress with relationship or other related things with some, when someone makes you come hard or you may come hard that peak that release resets you from a brand new week to restart all the you know that moment again it really does personally and that's how deep I went into ensuring that I can get all this knowledge that I learned with my own journey and sharing that pleasure solution in a way that people can have orgasm can come explore their sex life try new things and really feel good feel confident know their bodies know how to please themselves give a sense of you know, the identity, know what you like, know what you feel. When you meet a partner or someone new, you already know, you know exactly what to guide them, like make me feel this. 
during sex, like be verbal, say what you like, say what you don't like, don't simply take it, don't simply give it. It's important to verbalize. Those are the things that I really came within my uh, own terms and decided to push it away with all the knowledge that I had with the using of the sex toys, feeling those, um, the sensations during my own, you know, sex times, like exploring someone and touching someone on the inside with my fingers and feeling those areas that would make their eyes, you know, change, the, the, the pupils dilated. So those are the spots that I knew that triggering will create this, you know, overall body sensation or amazing sensations. It's really paying attention to things around me, around others, part, sexual partners, that created for me this desire, this passion to make sure that people know how to feel this. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if people do not realize the power of an orgasm for your own well-being, I mean, you need to... You need to do some research. Yeah, and it's such a kind of like where I'm putting my hands in these days. When I, like now that I'm so, I, I have a website that it's all wellness, that it's uh, my personal project that it's building, built up, I'll share with you later, that um, it's uh, my sexual wellness, the parts of it, focus on all gender identities. I'm even, I'm creating actually awareness for transgender male, transgender female, and how those specific products that are made for this specific demographic can highlight their life as well. You know, it's not just because I do have opinions and balls and I just focus on myself. No, I do want to make sure that everyone in, you know, no queer spectrum in the LGBTQ plus uh, community that I am part of it knows the benefits of feeling pleasure. And not just the community, but everyone that has opinions of vagina. It's like products and the, our, we're human bodies, sorry, we're human beings. We all feel pleasure. We all have ability to orgasm. It's just guiding it to the right method to do it. So it's kind of easy to, for me, putting this out there for everyone is teaching them things that they don't know about. And if they just start trying, you find out what's best for you. You just teased it. So let's talk about it. You have grown from porn star to entrepreneurship. Tell our listeners about your website, highwelly.com, that's H-I-W-E-L-L-Y.com, which sells products to improve mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Yes. So I have two different sites. I sent you highwelly.com, and the other one is welly.one. And highwelly.com, it came out of welly.one. Welly.one is more about this, the journey, the holistic journey, and how I applied in each part of the wellnesses the, the benefits of how I look physically today, how I'm doing my mind state, how I keep myself you know, in mindfulness and spiritual wellness, feeling good and confident, and, the, the, of course, the physical aspects, too, of having the right nutrition and certain uh, eating habits and the type of fitness for every person, I started said, okay, those are the things that I do as a mission, as my own core. Those are the solutions, but the tools that people need to 
get those you know places are sold on highvalley.com and highvalley.com is started as a project just to the the solutions that I sell it's literally divided by you know category on this four wellnesses and it's messages that are related to uh, mental wellness I have apparel that will you know that talks that teaches people about gender pronouns you know people that can buy their t-shirts with the him her he's her and wear their shirt proudly not having to discuss with someone that doesn't understand you're non-binary so they will not ask you any good question they are literally saying that you should be called her or him and that's it in, in like the I added like Brazilian factors I love that adding my Brazilianness to it as a, a way for make people engage in you know flirtations with flirting with Brazilians because the first thing that I you know, sometimes I'm here and I mention someone, they ask where I'm from, say Brazil, the first thing they do is say is gostoso or tesão or safado, which is so common keywords that I was like, you know what, this is this is going to cut off a conversation and between someone flirting with a Brazilian and get them straight to the point. And this is kind of like where I started and like mentally, I start adding uh, things. I love dance parties. I travel around the U.S a lot with you know big music festivals a lot of the queer events uh, like here in Chicago market days is a big one or pride and all those events have been socially included in the past 10 years as well it's a really big part of my journey and for me that became a community to be honest a community of people that get together to have a really good time dance the weekend away and created this you know symbiotic relationship that you do naturally spending 10 years in this event together. Those are the part of the, the emotional uh, wellness that you build a community. Everyone has their own community, but it's find a place in it that you can go on highwelly.com. You can find things that you going to these events are going to be beneficial if you buy something that is like the right bag, bag to carry your products in it your water bottle with a cooler, things that will make your event uh, more enjoyable. If you have a few things that will make things easier or practical, the tips that you, I shared there for you to stay hydrated, for example, drink water, don't dance hours without hydrating yourself. Um, how I have also a line of uh, apparel that tells how much my cat, my pet, help me in stay in taking the inside away right emotional support animals um they are they do provide them my, your pet they will not give you emotional support without even realizing it and in one day i simply i, I took at them uh, the moment and i hadn't i was super stressed i had my pet coming to my, my cat coming to my lap and i stopped what i was doing just to give him attention and i literally saw my heartbeat coming down on my watch and that moment was so triggering that I realized oh wow I was anxious for this specific reason and he noticed without me realizing came he sit on my lap the attention focused completely on him I was filled with endorphins of having t touching him and patting him that my heartbeat went to a, a, le a less anxious state immediately so those are the kind of information products related at highwelly.com that's connected to welly.one.
Fantastic. Congratulations. That is spectacular. I wish more performers expanded beyond just the adult industry, you know, because this is, in essence, in the world of sex positivity, and I feel like it was a really good natural evolution from for you from the adult industry. It is. I think that in the end of the day, you know, I, I love love, in general, generally speaking. I definitely found, like, recently, this year, with all my queer identities, found out about two other um, uh, identities, which is demisexual and solo polyamorous, that led me to know about, you know, I don't, I don't fit for monogamy, for example. And I had to find my place within a, an identity that I was happy having those relationships to feel good with myself and be fulfilled with a partner. And that was the combination of factors, you know, it came out always about allowing myself to love and be happy and exploring and the people around me uh, joining this mission and feeling that with me. And if I can capture, uh, capture all of these specific situations and overall wellness in general and put it out there, it's going to help a, lot of, have, help a lot of people that are not aware and they're living the same thing the same moment and just don't know. That is very true. I'm sure your website, your products will be helping a lot of people. You're going to make a difference, which is really spectacular. I hope so. I have to work more on it, but we're getting there. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Tony Orion. I am a silly human being, but I'm also very driven. I love superheroes, so I am a comic a nerd when it comes to anything Marvel Universe, anything DC Comics. I know probably 9% of the mutants or anything Marvel, if you ask me who is this and what's the superpower, I will know. And um, I love other things, like I love fashion. Uh, fa that fashion was one of the reasons why I moved to the U.S. to do before really getting to porn. That was like my goal. But it became more like a, a hobby that I'm really naturally invested in it because it's I, it's all about identity and how you express yourself. Um, I just love connecting with people. Um, I love listening to, you know, when I meet someone that I find intriguing, I really do take the time just to get to know and understand how their brain works. It, it's really, really, it. I'm an extremely empathic person by nature, and for that kind of helped me a lot in the industry too, but in a way, but also there's this, you know, there's always the negative individuals that takes advantage of sucking this empathy out of you that at first in the industry was very hard for me to understand and deal with, but as you get older, you learn how to create the, you know, the wall, the space where you allow people to take it and you give it as well. So I'm really, really very like a normal, simple guy. I'm very wellness-oriented, of course. I take care of myself in very specific ways. And not, you know, I'm not driven to be a super big muscle guy. My own uh, journey in terms of health is I want to look, as long as I look healthy on the inside and, and the outside, whatever my body is getting, it's how I want to be. It's about being healthy, the longevity the long journey of living a long life 
it is kind of like my combination about wellness because if you take care of everything right now, you know, as you age, things are already being taken care of with time. So very much of a prevention. And that's kind of like the geekiness of everything that I leave behind Tony Ryan is just having fun in life. I really do try my best to take care of myself, take care of the others around me, just doing, being me. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. I am, so I'm empathic. I am full of love. That's two words. That, you know, that kind of person that will, let's go with words. So I'm empathic. I'm friendly. I'm a good listener. I'm definitely a pleaser. I'm confident. I'm happy in my own skin. I love promoting kindness. So kindness is a lot of one of big words at the moment. I am, you know, I'm vulnerable when I sometimes, of course, nobody's perfect, but it's really being like grounded. I am happy. I'm just myself and fully realized in my own skin. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. So the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, so let's do it. I would say definitely Fight King of the City. Um, anything Marvel and Disney Plus. <laughs> um, I, I This year, I think my top two, there'll be Miss Marvel, um, and, of course, WandaVision. Oh, my God. Um, the third one, I think uh, people probably don't see that much. But I love, um, I, it's mostly all the superhero movies, CW, The Flash, uh, uh, Superman, and Lois. It all uh, falls under the comic, the superhero world. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Britney Bitch. Definitely. Uh, the w one top person that changed my entire world recently is Splatcher. The mo uh, that's top, top, number one for me. Um, I love Billy Potter. Definitely a close friend and just full of emotions in his music. And it's one of the most iconic artists that I ever seen in my life. And I think one more artist that it's always in my playlist is oh I have to pick one I would say Lady Gaga it's definitely look into my list I have just four songs on her on my playlist because I think all the uh, artists Britney is just a reference from you know being a teenager and growing up but everyone else that I listen to about this tree they are full of emotion songs that is literally connect with who I am. What are three of your most favorite films? Devil Wears Prada. Definitely, it's all fashion. The most um, in a unique way, I'd say, uh, Species. 
it's like old movie, but it was one of the first alien movies that I was super uh, like into it in terms of like the, the earliest one was to have a movie and anything Avengers, anything that highlighted the Marvel universe and then the diversity of all the superheroes, I think Avengers uh, com- like compacts everything it. What are two foods you can't live without? Um, cake. <laughs> um, I think like anything like cake is. I love all types of cakes, and I do not. I do not hold myself back because of my fitness journey. I just learned to appreciate that in small uh, quantities, and really the the core traditional Brazilian food that. Once in a while, I need to have it because it does. It's like this definitely so filling. It fulfills my soul, and I I have a spot in Chicago that I like to go grab it once in a while. So it's two things that I love. I crave it when I crave it. I need to have it as much as I need to come. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? One of my guilty pleasures is, you know, it's actually an emotion and. I think that it's a little, I don't know what's the word for it. I love being out and I see someone super hot that I'm into it, but I don't have the confidence. And there's a lot of guys on the dance floor and he actually looks at me and he comes to me right away. I think the confidence of having, you know, someone feeling confident enough to choose me first Let's put it this way. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Does that make sense? Or would you like a different example? No, that's fine. That works. Everyone has their own unique guilty pleasure. Yeah. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything? Oh, yeah. So I am a very Netflix-sensual person myself. I have, you know, changed up partners right now, different partners, and all of the three of them enjoy our Netflix and chill time. So it's really, each one of them we do have our own, like um, RuPaul's Drag Race, All Stars, definitely is one of them. Uh, I literally finished binge watching um, the new season of Black Mirror already. So there's anything new, fresh, that it's really compelling, I am like in it. Sex and the City, uh, the new season, the the new version, I am already catching up in all of that. All superhero movies at the moment, I, I'm sorry, series, uh, on the DC universe and the Marvel universe, I'm also catching up. So I'm very much of a TV, you know, bug person that I love accessing a lot of information. And watching those movies the series is something that I did as a kid, like learning English, so it's just part of my core. What's next for Tony Orion? What's coming up in the near future that the listeners and your fans should look forward to? No, there's like, I don't have um, one specific uh, project that I can highlight. When this, like, wellness, the sexual journey uh, after getting the gravis, I'm compacting and I'm getting some new things on the works that it goes with... uh, growing this visibility and promoting this well-being, wellness in all genres, in all identities, in all ways to a lot of people. Um, And that's kind of like where I am in my mission right now. And I'm 
you know, still doing my own events here and there. When I find the right chemistry, I am looking for other opportunities to work in the industry as well. As I mentioned earlier, I was in the sex toy industry, but um, the company moved to a different direction, and I'm currently uh, trying to find a fit similar in the industry that I can attach with my knowledge, with the wellness in general, and maybe uh, join another brand that I can continue pursuing it. And But in the meantime, I'm doing connections with other brands, smaller uh, uh, partnerships that I can add to this one brand of sexual wellness that wellness and and start this new you know journey it's the next step for Tony Ryan and it's slowly getting there I don't have like a timeline for it but when it come out it will definitely be visible and people will understand why this is being built that sounds very exciting congratulations I look forward to all of that very nice you're welcome. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on social media? Hook them up once again with your official websites, as well as where they can get your original contents, your OnlyFans. Um, so my OnlyFans is definitely uh, one way to see the real me, all the things that you know I get into it. Um, my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Tony underscore Orion XXX. My Twitter is another channel that you can see a little bit of the previews from uh, my my OnlyFans uh, work, which is uh, the same Tony underscore Orion XXX. If you want to see more silly more real life me you can go to my instagram which is it's beef wellington which is my real ego not my alter ego and you see more of my daily wellness activities the things that i'm putting out there in terms of nutrition of how to take care of your mental health how to feel you know find ways to find your community it's it instagram ITS Beef Wellington like the capital of New Zealand. It's Beef Wellington. And all of that, those three channels, you find a lot of the things that I'm putting out there, including all the you know steps that I'm taking to get to this final product that I just mentioned and working really hard to get into it. Fantastic. And hook them up with the, the websites uh, once again. So the the first the encyclopedia website where you can get all that you know knowledgeable information is going to be welly dot one w e l l y dot o n e the word one and uh, a really good top shop for all the wellness gadgets and things to make you feel good and make your moments better is highwelly.com and it's literally highwelly because I want to people come in and approach it and just know that I'm waiting for them to show all this good stuff and say hi Welly and I'm saying hi back to you. I love it. Well, Tony Orion, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I really want to really do 
appreciate everyone that you know have been in my journey and say thank you and thank you for sticking around and always showing up here and there and saying hi the people that are really present i know who they are you know because it's easy just to you you, you attach the emotion of so long of these people to their profile their taglines and it's really it's like thank you for being present thank you for always uh, showing up and supporting everything that I do. It's not going to be like everyone else, you know, every performer has their own style, but the people that enjoy what I do and they are keeping coming back and mentioning it, it's always very, uh, very uh, warm and very heartful to, to, be, to know that those funds are there all the way. So keep, I'm going to keep putting things out there, stick around, subscribe, and I'll keep telling more stories and getting the good stuff, the good feelings for everyone. I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Tony. Thank you as well, Papi. It was really a pleasure to have this chat with you and you know, putting some of my information out there and share with the world. And you are doing an awesome job giving all the performers the ability to do that as well. So thank you. I appreciate the love, and uh, certainly the door is open for more whenever you want to come back so that you can share with the listeners your journey as well as what you're up to and any of your new projects. You have an open invitation. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will definitely will. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Tony Orion and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Have a good night, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>